Bill O'Reilly here, Friday, December 11, 2020. You are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Here's what's happening today in America. President Trump's latest effort to overturn the election is now up to the nine Supreme Court justices. Mr. Trump, in consultation with the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, is now hoping that the state of Texas, lodging a lawsuit against Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia, will win. The suit claims that politicians have violated the U.S. Constitution in swing states by allowing a flood of illegal mail-in ballots. Officials in Louisiana, Missouri, Arkansas, and 12 other states are supporting the Texas lawsuit. Now, Mr. Trump obviously supports the challenge. The president is saying, quote, we will be intervening in the Texas case. This is a big one. Our country needs a victory. By intervening, that is supporting. If successful, the Supreme Court would effectively flip 62 electoral votes from Biden to Trump, and that would flip the entire election. Mr. Trump would win. But the Supremes are not likely to do that. This week, the highest court rejected another Republican effort in Pennsylvania to toss out hundreds of thousands of ballots. The justices released a terse statement stating they will simply not hear the case. I have zero doubt there was fraud in this election, but evidence of exactly how much is not yet available, and I hope it will be soon. But now it's not. A special counsel should investigate the vote count in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Clark County, Nevada. That's Vegas. To date, signed affidavits, video footage, and eyewitness accounts confirm thousands of mail-in ballots are suspect. Forensic experts should examine some Dominion voting machines to determine if any fraud took place. But our electoral process is based on a specific structure. The state certifications in the Electoral College are already done. My job now is to consider evidence of election fraud and report it directly to you. I will also petition Congress to pass a fair election law, which is desperately needed to stop states from corrupting the vote, mail-in votes or otherwise. In a moment, listeners sound off on the election. We'll be right back. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD 
1-800-222-6532. Time now for the O'Reilly Update message of the day. Listeners, sound off. We do this each Friday. You can reach me, Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. First up, Susan in Caldwell, Idaho. The state of Texas has asked the Supreme Court to rule in the election in four battleground states. We just reported that. Claiming those elections were unconstitutional, can you comment if this lawsuit has any legal substance to it? Yes, it does. But it's very difficult for the Supreme Court to overturn an election because if the court does that, Susan, it would have to remedy the situation. So what's the remedy? An entire revote for the whole country? If the Supreme Court throws the election out, there'll be violence, a lot of violence. The judges know that, and they're human beings. They always take into account the consequences of their decisions. I'm not saying that the court is not going to take the Texas lawsuit seriously. I am saying the odds are long that the court will throw the vote out. Stephen Payson, Utah. It seems like your observations, Bill, regarding what President Trump could be doing to better support future changes in the voting process are about as solid as anything I can see. Why do you think Mr. Trump is missing so many opportunities? You know, Stephen, I don't know. I wrote a book that gives you an insight into Donald Trump's character and mindset. It's called The United States of Trump. And he is a man who marches, to use a cliche, to his own drummer. I've talked with him many times, as all of you know. He very rarely takes my advice. <laughs> and I give him some pretty good advice. And I don't know why. I never ask him. He's the president. I'm very respectful to him in the office. I was respectful to President Clinton, President Obama, President Bush, all of them. So basically, this is a situation where Donald Trump just does what he wants to do. And that's never going to change. Mike is in West Virginia. How can the Supreme Court take a pass on a clear overreach of a court in the legislative process in Pennsylvania? I can understand wanting to stay out of the entire election, but Pennsylvania is egregious. I agree. Pennsylvania clearly violated its own constitution by allowing a number of mail-in votes that should not have counted. But the Supreme Court does not want to get involved. John is in West New York, New Jersey. Bill, you've stated the media will collapse without Mr. Trump in the White House. Will the left-wing media cover the possible surging Trump cacophony over the next few years, fueled by the support of 70 million voters? The left-wing media will continue to disparage and hate Trump every chance it gets. So it doesn't really matter what the situation is. The left-wing media is obsessed with Donald Trump, but people are tired of it. That's what I believe anyway. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I approve that message by putting it together. Please consider my new book, Killing Crazy Horse, makes a great holiday gift. In a moment, something you might not know. 
I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Now the O'Reilly Update brings you something you might not know. Christmas Day, 16 days away. 2.2 billion Christians worldwide will celebrate. Today, the federal holiday in the USA conjures images of decorated trees, religious services, gift-giving, and Santa Claus. But the origins of the annual tradition are very different than you might think. In the early years of Christianity, Easter was the main event. By the 4th century, church officials wanted to mark the birth of Jesus as a holiday. Unfortunately, no specific date was mentioned anywhere in the Bible. While some evidence suggests Christ was born in the spring, Pope Julius I chose December 25th. It is believed that the church chose this date in an effort to tamp down pagan festivals held in December. Well, Christmas was first called the Feast of the Nativity. The day and the celebration spread to Egypt by 432 AD and then to England by the end of the 6th century. By the year 800, Christians were celebrating from the Mediterranean to Scandinavia. In some Nordic nations, infidels marked the day by boozing it up, burning herbs, and running naked at midnight. By the Middle Ages, much of what we consider a traditional Christmas was emerging from Germany. Folks decorated trees called tannenbaums, ate well, exchanged gifts, and attended mass. In the 17th and 18th centuries, immigrants from Britain, Central Europe, Scandinavia, and France imported Christmas to America. And here's something else you might not know. The season's most popular character was brought to North America by Dutch immigrants. In colonial times, settlers from the Netherlands gathered in New York City, Philadelphia, and Boston to mark the death of their favorite saint, Sinterklaas. The local English population loved the character but hated the name. So they changed the saint's name, turned him into a jolly fat man, and called him Santa Claus. Back after this. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the O'Reilly Update. I am Bill O'Reilly. No spin, just facts, and always looking out for you.